Welcome to the search for real answers in a modern world, where challenging topics are met with honest and thoughtful dialogue. This is Truth Seekers Forum. Hey, welcome to this episode of Truth Seekers Forum. My name is Devin Kleffer, and joining me in the studio this evening, as always, is Pastor Andy Lewis and also Dr. Adam Nye. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. And we're just continuing on with some letters from our listeners. We thank you. Certainly, if you have questions of anything that comes up in this episode or something that doesn't come up in this episode, we would love to hear from you, and we will be sure to give you all the information on how to contact us at the end of this podcast. But gentlemen, here is a letter that comes in from one of our listeners. His name is Frank, and this is what Frank writes. I would like to know if God does speak to individuals and how does God speak to individuals? I hear stories of people who do violent and strange things saying, God told me to do it. And then I hear stories of people who do these great things and good things and say the same thing that God told me to do it. In my case, I'm a believer, but I have bipolar and so I wonder sometimes, in my experience, how do I know God may be speaking to me? Okay. Well, since you have a doctorate in theology, why don't you take that psychological question, Adam? (laughs) (laughs) Good question. And I I can say this is one of the topics I've had some really um, interesting and animated conversations with other, you know, well-trained theologians on Mm. different sides of how this works. Um, so maybe let's say, first of all, Frank, let's, we'll separate out the bipolar thing first. We'll get to, let's talk about the kind of the theology. How does one hear God? Yeah. 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 And maybe for me, I would want to start by differentiating two, um, two important things in scripture, which are, um, revelation and wisdom, um, or like prophetic speech being a revelational, uh, kind of thing where, you know, someone says, thus saith the Lord, God says this. And so God doesn't just speak to that person, but through that person addresses other people. And it's in the words that come out in the following sentence matter. They are from God. Um, as opposed to the kind of voices we kind of hear in our heads sometimes. And we're like, is this, you know, is this, me? is it just me? Is just God? And, and, um, and maybe to clarify voices in head that doesn't Sorry. necessarily – no, no, it's fine. Yeah. No, just, to, just so as we're following along your good train of logic, we're not talking necessarily about audible, like right. inserted thought in your brain kind of idea. Right. Kind of thing. And and people you know, kind of stressing over how do I know if that's from God or not? And I don't know that that question in and of itself is the most important thing to answer. What's important is to cultivate wisdom. Biblical wisdom where, um, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about that. It has a whole book, at least, you know, dedicated to the cultivation of wisdom in the book of Proverbs, um, where we learn kind of what godly ways of life look like based on what God has said, not specifically to me and to my situation, but what he's revealed to all of his people about his character, his will, uh, and what a godly life looks like, and then an ability to make decisions about, you know, well, I, I have these different ideas kind of coming into my thought. How do I measure them? If the thought in your head is, 
um, go spray paint your neighbor's house. And you're like, is this from God? Is God telling me to do this? Well, you have special revelation. You can check it against. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the word. And you, you can yeah. apply just sort of a, uh, you know, a cultivated wisdom, hopefully, to, to sort of say, well, no, this actually doesn't check out against uh, the things God has revealed more generally about his will. Right. And so I can kind of just... And that which fits within his character, sure. he doesn't, you know, ask us to do things that are fit that are without his, with, not within the realm of his character, right? And um, I'd be curious to hear kind of some of the different polarities. So, so I'll weigh in like like this, and then it'd be interesting to hear kind of the counterpoints, perhaps that are made from it. I, I, speaking kind of in the language you've established, you know, there's. You know, theologically, we we hold in the church that there's various forms of God's revelation of Himself. There's what's called general revelation, which is Paul talks about in Romans, is like from what has been made, we are without excuse. You know, out there in the stars and, and in the handiwork of creation, it's like there's 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 a revelation about something, God, etc. And wasn't it was it Thomas Aquinas who wrote this whole theological treatise just on general revelation? What, who was that that wrote that? He he distinguishes between the two book what he calls the two books of Revelation okay. general, um, or he calls them nature and grace. But okay. it, it boils down to the same uh, distinction. I don't know that he divides his books. I mean, he mostly wants to say theology has to do with special revelation primarily, right. but right. with he's but he spent a lot of time just on even some general revelation within that. Is that accurate or? You're not talking to an Aquinas expert. I, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, that's fair <laughs> yeah. enough. But I, I believe there's. Here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, because uh, he's got some good stuff to say. Yes. Yes. Um, but they're more intertwined than separated out like that. But I could be wrong. Okay. Well, but then there's special revelation, which is what you just talked about when we were talking about Aquinas. And there's two forms of it. That is, first of all, the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and then also the special revelation of Scripture. So that gets back into what Adam was talking about, about when we're, our hearts and minds are filled with Scripture, we can live in wisdom. I think pastorally, we understand that, you know, Paul talks, it's interesting because Paul talks in the New Testament a couple of times, he talks about the spirit, the spirit of God cries out within our hearts, Abba. And then I, 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 I go from that to another part of systematic theology. And I look at Acts, I believe it's chapter eight, where you hear about this guy named Philip and he's doing mission work. He's doing ministry. And then the Holy Spirit says, go down along a road. What's interesting to me is you don't really necessarily know is this audible voice? Is this kind of the voice we were talking about? It's like an insertion of thought in the mind. Right. We don't know. The Bible doesn't really in, in, indicate directly. Or, or the other place where Paul's trying to make a travel plan and it says right. the spirit prevented us right. from going to this certain place. Like, sometime. Did he hit some kind of invisible yeah. wall? Yeah. I've always wondered what that meant. So, yeah. you know, so there's these special things like Paul, well, you talk about with Paul, that's maybe a one-time kind of situation that's about the specific spread of the gospel. But then there's other things Paul talks about that's generic to a believer. You have the Holy Spirit within you crying out, Abba, Father. I won't go into it fully, but it's the idea of Abba's Greek for Dada. It's like the idea of like the Holy Spirit's coaching you in the fact that your father's not one to suspect. He's one to trust and love and treasure. That's kind of like the preaching ministry within, interestingly. Mm -hmm. So what do we do with that? Well, I, I think that what that means is, is that when we get some sort of impression or something, Frank, there's a couple of ways that you can you can understand it is one is... I've learned is that if it if it's from the enemy, 
Jesus talks about praying against the enemy, you know, to deliver us from the evil one in his, you know, Lord's prayer. The enemy is really good at taking an idea and kind of twisting it and making it uniquely and creatively dark. Mm. Um, Any like believer who's ever been like perhaps in a, in a worship gathering and you're in a worship gathering and then suddenly you have a very kind of like sinister or sexualized thought that's suddenly injected into your brain and it's just uniquely lush and creative. (laughs) You didn't come up with it. Mm. You're not that smart. Um, (laughs) So usually the enemy I I found is the one who's going to go with something that's perverse and dark and like what Adam was just talking about a little bit ago. It's not going to square with scripture with what is whole and good and and righteous and holy, all those Mm. big words. If it's if it's from my flesh, Paul talks about that we possess even still, even though we we who believe are saved and we're being big words sanctified, set apart more and more each day. Um, we still have this thing called a sin cursed flesh. And the funniest thing about the flesh is it's just darn lazy. Hmm. It's the eye of a male who's just so lazy, and it's just so easy to follow that girl because hmm. we're just lazy. Um, yeah, just take a look, just take a look, kind of thing. When it's the Lord, the Lord um, generally – well, first of all, first and foremost, always squares up with the special revelation of the character of Christ and and what's revealed in scriptures that this is the way of life, Hmm. right? And and then it will also like, you know, what does Philip do? Philip – there's nothing – there wasn't anything in scripture specifically about go down along the way, down this way, and he walked this way. Hmm. And then he gets out there and you read the passage. It's interesting because then the Holy Spirit says – Go stand near that chariot. And when you don't confirm that in Psalms. Right. But, you know, or Proverbs or something like that, he goes, okay. And he kind of follows us out. And, and as you read the story, it ends up being that the Holy Spirit is literally from within directing him to have this missional moment of spreading the gospel into northern Africa through the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, this is you got to be careful. And so what I'm saying is, is that these tests that we can give ourselves, if it's creatively perverse, it's the enemy, and you're not that creative. Number two, if it's lazy and it's just easy to kind of go there with your mind and your thoughts, that that's that's not from the Lord. But if it calls to challenge and faith, and it squares with the character of God, and you being exposed to the richness of His wisdom, it it may be God. Check it. Particularly, and I don't know if we're going to fully get into this yet, if you know you struggle with bipolar, I don't struggle with bipolar, but sometimes if I'm like, I don't know, I ask godly people around me, like, Mm. am I just smoking crack here? Or is this like really, really the Lord? No, sometimes like I don't, we don't know that Philip tested his impression from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He just was like, well, okay, I'll put myself out here and see if what the Holy Spirit sort of confirms here, Um, Mm. you know? So, so I want to push back just a little yeah, bit, please. because I know Andy in particular, you're you're a student of of history, and so you're probably well familiar with the raid at Harper's Ferry, John Brown's raid. Yeah, and so yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. John Brown was an abolitionist in the late 1800s who believed that God was talking to him to not only go free a bunch of slaves, but in order to do so, take over a federal army. Or armory, rather. Yeah. And uh, he tried to get Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass to go along with him. They both passed on the opportunity. <laughs> and he went ahead with the raid yeah. um, under what I guess would be considered good intentions to try to free black slaves. And there was a standoff for a couple of days. And ultimately, not only did the raid fail, 
Um, but John Brown was hanged shortly after. Right. So even when it comes to things that are like potentially like, no, that's actually a pretty worthwhile thing to like free slaved people, right. enslaved people. Mm-hmm. Then what do we do? I, I know. I mean, this kind of weighs into this is where I'd be curious to hear the debates that you've had with mm. with some of the, the, the theological minds is this is why the question, right? right? I mean, we, we have to at least be astute about it and not just go, I've got a quiver and a liver and so I'm just going to go do it and say it, it's God. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I mean, I, I'll say th- there has been a movement um, within – Within the part of the church that we've all that we're all a part of, um, called cessationism, which is the idea that those kinds of special uh, revelational moments stopped when the apostles all died. Mm. That was, I, th- I think, a fairly widespread theory in, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and, and as something that you could defend from certain passages of scripture. I will. I don't know that I've talked to anybody who defends that um, as a theological. Like this is my conviction based on a reading of scripture that God intended all direct working like that to stop Hmm. when all the apostles died. I certainly don't hold that view in a theological sense. Nor do I. I'm not convinced uh, convinced that um, God has – I don't know. He's – put on himself some self-limitation about how he can speak to people where and when. Experientially, though, the way this you know falls out to different people, it just seems to me it falls out toward different people in different ways. One conversation I had with a, um, a, a professor of theology, older older guy than me by quite a bit, was uh, he he wanted to know what I thought about this, and he really pressed me on it. Um, and he... he I think he would describe me as what he called sort of a functional cessationist. And, and I said, well, I, mean, I only accept that title um, as like an individual one, it, which is just to sort of say my own personal experience has not so far included anything I would call direct speech from God that was peculiar to my own situation, mm-hmm. like a go stand next to that cart mm-hmm. and, and talk to the guy there. Whereas the guy asking the question said, you know, it was his strong desire when he was a younger man to be a, a missionary, and God told him, "No, you need to be, you know, you need to stay where you are uh, in this ministry you have mm-hmm. as a professor." And and he's like, "Now, in your theological view, is that possible? Like, is the testimony I just gave you something that you can believe?" I'm like, "Oh, sure, I can totally, you know, I I can believe it as far as it goes that God did something like that to you." At least I can believe it enough. I'm not going to tell you I think you're a liar. Um, but, yeah, the, for some reason, either I, I haven't found the decoder ring or God just doesn't quite <laughs> speak to me in those direct ways. It's more about the kind of thing you were talking about before that John Calvin calls the, the internal testimony of the Holy Spirit. Right. Where, where, I, where I hear God speaking to me internally is when the gospel is being spoken to me externally. Mm-hmm. When uh, when there is the preaching of the word, Christ is being declared as my Lord, my sins are being declared as forgiven in Christ, that there is this sense of like a supernatural moment where I'm saying yes, but not by my own power or strength. Yeah. I would say I, and there might be a sort of a decoder ring that like there, there's been like a sense that like my theology has sort of like lined up to say, well, because of First John, when it says to test the spirits, it says anybody who says, you know, Christ has come in the flesh, 
Like, you know, you can only say Christ is Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, right. oh, that's the, if that's the case, then when I'm at church praising God saying Jesus is Lord, I, I did not do that from my own self. Right. That was a work hmm. uh, of, of God speaking to and through me. Yeah. So that's the one place where I can sort of say, yes, God speaks to me individually in the internal affirmation of the gospel that my sins are forgiven. Um, beyond that, no, I've never had that experience. Yeah. But I don't deny it to anybody else. And I, I guess more importantly, I don't deny it to God. Yeah. I say, yeah, I haven't had it so far. Do I, do I yeah. say definitely it'll never happen? No, because I'm talking yeah. about God. He might speak to me like that at any moment. I have no idea. And with that, the, <laughs> that freedom of God's capacity to speak, mm-hmm. to, you know, to answer Frank's question, comes... I think by and large, most of the time, God reveals what we need to know for living through the things he's revealed. Mm. And so it means to really be students of the word. I, I've, had, I've, I've had some experiences that are like the Phillips and in Acts kind of experiences. I've never heard an audible voice, mm-hmm. but I've had very strong impressions. Most of the time of those imp- – and by the way, so if I were to like start creating ratios of like how often does God speak in what ways, the vast majority is through the declaration of the gospel in mm. some sort of way, reading the Bible, the special revelation, yeah. the person of Christ, the vast majority. When it comes down to certain kinds of impressions, then 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 the vast majority of those very small groupings is things that I can confirm. I've got a little bit of time to go. I'm kind of getting this sense, I mean, I can reach out to some other godly voices yeah. and minds. And and very rarely has been like just this. You know, I, I'll even say it sometimes when I preach is like this impression from God. Like, go make this plate of cookies and get over to that house right now. Hmm. Okay. And, and I think it, but it takes a volume of the knowledge of God to know, to know, okay, I'm going to trust this and just kind of put myself out there. Like a, a Philip standing near the Ethiopian eunuch cart kind of thing. Um, so, and I know people that I trust their, their actual, their, their faith journey quite about a bit who've said, I've actually heard an audible voice. Wow. Okay. You know, but, yeah. but it doesn't mean that if you haven't, that somehow your faith is less, that your salvation right. isn't secure. Right. Right. Adams is less because he he hasn't had that experience yet. Right. Um, so I think there's that. The other thing I would want to just say to Frank is, is I think it's good that you're aware of the bipolar because within bipolar, it is it isn't infrequent for people who are in the manic phase. It's really interesting because it's in the manic phase that a lot of times people will think they're prophets or mm-hmm. think they're the Messiah or think yeah. they're the devil. Right. And so it's really good in those kinds of things. And it also is not uncommon, you know, even going back to John Brown. I think I've read some stuff that th- there's some questions about what, what was this guy's complete mental health. Okay. And so be, I think yeah. sometimes mental health goes yeah. into it. And I don't know what it is. I have a brother-in-law who's, who has really struggled in his life with mental health. And I, I love Pete. Pete's a great guy, but he's, it's been hard. Mm. And I don't know what it is, but interestingly about the people I have dealt with and loved who have had mental health issues, there's something about it that goes spiritual mm. in, uh, quite a bit. Yeah. People you meet on the street with homelessness and stuff, and even even when drugs goes to its extreme. So I think if you know that's where you're at, you have to be really extra cautious towards being grounded in spiritual revel- spirit, special revelation. The word of God was the word God say. Having other people around you who can be these checks and balances right. in your life of like I don't think you heard that from God. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super that's super important, and it actually brings to mind. Um, 
three areas of my background where this has come up a lot, where people have had a sense that God is telling them something, that it wasn't something sinful and it wasn't something lazy. Right. Uh, so um, earlier in my life, I was uh, you know, a traveling punk rock musician, um, but I was in the sort of like yeah. – shame. I, I think this has come up on the show before, but uh, I was in the sort of like Christian – um, underground music kind of thing, uh, and it was it was like way too common that I'd be at a, a merch table after a show, and someone would come up to me and say, and just sort of ask me some questions, just kind of more generally about the music. From God that, for no, you? it wasn't. They had a word from God for me. Okay, they'd ask me a few questions about the music industry, and then come out with it. Like God is God's been telling me that I that like I'm I need to become uh, a professional musician, and my answer was like. Almost always, like he probably didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, of course, I like. It's like say God's really telling me to like you know go on a vacation to Hawaii, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm supposed to be a millionaire, and I'm supposed to test uh, cruise lines and luxury hotels. Like God really <laughs> wants me to do that. Yeah. It's like yeah. you at least need to be somewhat conscious of your yeah. own motivations for wanting God to tell you that. Well, and that's why it takes yeah. a village, right? Of exactly. having people around yeah. you, and this person's trusting you, and you were like, "Well, I'll be the village." I don't think God told you that. Right. So it's in that it was. I, I did have some time as a pastor. I had several people. Yeah. Who, not to say that I, you know, I'm. I'm not going to say I'm. I'm the standard for judging what uh, pastoral fitness, but a lot of people who are clearly not fit to be pastors say, "I think God's telling me to be a pastor." Yeah. And then what's uh, most common for me lately is uh, a not full time academic, uh, but teaching adjunct when I'll have students. I'm kind of just beginning um, an academic, you know, just maybe just doing their college degree, saying, "I think God wants me to be uh, a professor of theology." And I'm like. Again, that's like winning the lottery. It's a really, really difficult thing to crack into. And so those direct voices from God telling you that, like, there's reasons to be pretty suspicious about that. Yeah. Um, and Sorry. so, yeah, the village having people. Paul talks about yeah. testing the spirits. Yeah. You know, I think it's important yeah. to do that. But I think at the same time, as Adam's done a great job saying, it's not without, without the realm of God's ability to do that. Test right. the spirits, but don't be so testing of them that you can't trust the freedom of the Holy Spirit to perhaps move you. In, in a way hmm. that does square with scripture and does square right. with, you know, so. right. Absolutely. Well, listen, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of true seekers forum from faith community church. Join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. for our weekly worship service located at 115 South Morrissey Avenue in Santa Cruz, California. And for more information about upcoming events and activities, or to ask a question for an upcoming episode of true seekers forum, be sure to visit us online at Santa Cruz or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Santa Cruz Faith.